How's it going? Welcome back to another episode of SoCal Watch Reviews. This is episode 28. I am Miguel from SoCal Watch Reviews. With me, I got my friend uh, Fred and yep. uh, P. How are you guys doing? Good, good. P, I guess he. He's uh, still sleeping. Your right? boy P. Rouse back in the building <laughs> with another video. Yo. He just fell asleep for a second. No, I'm good. What up? What up? What up? What up? Happy Easter, guys. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Yeah, yeah. Happy it's crazy. Like it feels like I feel like I've been having the same week or the same day for the last. <laughs> right. I I agree. Mm. I agree. So what are you guys wearing today? So I got the Steinhardt Ocean One GMT Coke on a mm, black nice. nail set. Mm-hmm. Uh, very nice. Very nice. Seiko Five. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Bulova Lunar Pilot on the yeah. Mora strap, so very, uh, yeah. very cool. I, I, I don't really wear this guy too much, but it's pretty cool. I like How it. does uh, Mora straps holding up because you've had them for a little bit longer now, like a month or two months, yeah, like that, right? Yeah, for me personally, I mean, I, I don't beat up my watches at all. I don't know if you guys know this, but I, I baby my watches, and I every time I'm going to do some kind of crazy activity or something, or even when I'm working, I take them off. But so far, I mean. It, it's been it's been great. No little strings, nothing. They're super comfortable. Uh, I, I recommend these guys, and I know uh, they're going to come out with some new straps. What about UP? I know you have some. Oh yeah, yeah, they they're great. You know what I'm saying? It ain't like the regular NATO where, you know, they just trash. You know what I'm saying? And you got to burn off the string and all that bullshit. So they pretty dope. Pretty dope. Nice. Very cool. So, why don't one of you guys uh, tell everybody what we're going to be talking about today? Pete, take it away, man. All right. Um, we have something special for you guys. You know what I mean? Um, I just got off of work, so I'm very, very tired. But this is how committed I am to this <laughs> podcast, okay? But uh, we are going to be discussing uh, watches in the price range of $1,500, uh, 5000 and 10,000, we are going to pick a watch in that range and see where it goes with it, see where we can go with it. You know what I mean? Sounds good. So, who wants to go first? Uh, there's a lot of watches to talk about. So yeah. Who wants to go first? I'll go. Or, how about we, we do so? P, do your 1500, and then Fred, and then I'll go, and then we'll do the 5000, and then 10,000, and so on. So that way, not one person is talking for like yeah. half an hour. Otherwise, okay, that's cool. that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. All right, P, so what you got? 1500 bucks, three watch collection. I, I, I actually I went above uh, oh, shit. 15. I was I was oh, one above. Nah, <laughs> I, on, went, I went $1,600. Oh, man. You know what I mean? And uh, I was I expecting y'all two to both like come in properly on budget. Nah, it, it was kind of hard, man. It was kind of hard for real. Uh, I chose the Long Jeans Hydro Conquest. Okay, all right, it's sixteen hundred. Uh, this watch stainless steel and it has a ceramic bezel. Uh, the glass is a scratch resistant sapphire crystal. 
with several layers of anti-reflective coating on both sides. Screw down, case back. Um, again, the only uh, downfall to this is that it only has 30 uh, meters of water resistance, which trash, of course. Uh, screw in crown, unidirectional bezel. Um, the color is actually the green that everybody's okay. raving about right now. Uh, green matte finish. Eye uh, markers apply Arabic numerals and indexes. Um, silver position hands. Uh, Swiss Super Luminova. Uh, what else we got? Um, uh, so automatic movement. Caliber L triple eight. And again, it's coming in at sixteen hundred bucks. Is that the is that the one that's uh, Heritage Collection? That's the, is that the color? No. Okay. So what's the second pick? My second pick. Uh, yes, sir. I went a hundred dollars below on this one, so my sh- okay. my shit is like ad coming out right. Um, Forty nine hundred. I went with the Grand Seiko. The uh. Oh wait, wait, wait! So, so Pete, I think Pete picked one watch <laughs> category. <laughs> it was supposed to be three, watch a three watches for fifteen hundred bucks. Three oh, watches oh, that shit. equal five thousand dollars. <laughs> so why don't we do this? Let uh, let uh, Pete has so many watches in his collection that I'm sure he could go through it. Uh, Fred, why don't you tell us for fifteen hundred bucks what three watches are you picking? All right, before I start, I have to say the fifteen hundred was actually the most fun category. Because, like, I actually had to think really hard. Um, but, all right. So, for 1500 bucks, I have to admit, I did come in over budget by $2. Nah. Okay. Um, but also, like, <laughs> we didn't say whether I had to get new or pre-owned. So, I definitely no, of course not. Pre-owned to, uh, to, bring the, to make budget. Of so, course. first off, I have the Omega Seamaster 200M. That's the mm. pre-bond. So, they made that in, um, in the late 80s. That's quartz, right? Yeah, it's quartz, uh, 38 right. millimeters. Looks really like space age, like typical, like over, right. over mm. style for the 80s. Um, mm-hmm. But that one, the cheapest listing I found for that was around 700 bucks. Then, second watch is the Tissot Paromatic 80 Silesium. Oh, uh, that's a new one that they just came out with, I think it was last year. Um, 80 hour power reserve, silicon escapement, um, automatic, of course. Looks kind of like a uh, like a date just or like an oyster perpetual, but still got its own sort of vibe. Nice sort of blue, blue sunburst dial. That one retails for seven seventy five US, and on pre-owned since it's really new, there's not really many properly pre-owned listings. But it was like seven hundred, so I'm calling okay. it seven hundred. Even if you bought it at retail, you can easily get like ten percent off that. So uh, that puts us about fourteen hundred total. And then to round out the Seiko five. Day date reference SNK three eight one. What? Still on. You went with a Seiko. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had to. I only had a hundred bucks left. That's <laughs> 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 so the seven six movement, forty two hour power reserve. Day date, no hacking. It's got some cool Arabic numerals on it, and that pre owned came in at a hundred and two dollars. So if you add all that up, I'm unfortunately two dollars over budget. So, uh. Sorry, guys. Very I, cool. I tried my best to make Very make cool. Very cool. <laughs> well, this took a long time for me to put this together. And like I said, or like Fred said, there was no rules to this. So pre-owned, vintage, 
you could pick all dress watches, all sports watches. It doesn't really matter. We just wanted to have fun because at the end of the day, uh, collecting watches, and we all know this, there's no rules to it. People want to have rules to things, but it's your money. You buy whatever you want, you know? So for 1500 bucks, I actually came in at 1500 bucks. And I mean, if, if you really bargain, shop, and, and, and look around, you may be able to come in under 1500 bucks. So first one on my list is one of my favorite watches in my collection. That's a Seiko Sarb 033. You could go with the 35 as well. Uh, they're going now brand new. They're still having brand new for like 400 bucks. If you get it pre-owned, you could get it well under that, like in the 300s, of course, 38, mill- 38 millimeters, sapphire crystal, display case back, 6R15 movement, uh, hand winding, 100 meter water resistance is not great. Really cool polishing on, on the case. Uh, you have that brush, you have that uh, uh, polish, and yeah, it's a strap monster, to be honest with you. So it's one of my favorite in my collection. Number two, I went with something vintage that I've never even seen before, but doing my research, I came across this was the Zodiac Moonface Triple Date Automatic. It's a beautiful watch. It's about 500 bucks. It's automatic. You have your date, date, moon face, and it just looks so charming. So that would be more like your dress watch. Uh, so yeah, 500 bucks, acrylic crystal. It came out in the 50s. So it's 1950s stainless steel. Uh, it's a 34 millimeter, 42 lug to lug. Uh, an 18 millimeter strap, of course, goes with that uh, vintage. And then last on my list is a micro brand. I don't really talk much about micro brands and I don't own one, but I, the Laurier Gemini chronograph, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but the charm that it has to it, especially the Panda dial, uh, it does retail for 500 bucks brand new. It's all stainless steel. It has the Seagull ST19 movement. Uh, so it's super cool. Uh, that's a really cool movement that uh, Siegel's producing. It's uh, a manual wine chronograph, which for the price is just incredible. I can't believe you could uh, get it for that much. And the watch comes in at 39 millimeters, uh, 10 millimeters thick and 47 millimeters lug to lug. And that sweet spot of 20 millimeters for the strap. So that's that's my pick the only downfall for that one is uh, it's a crystal i think it's a plexiglass uh, crystal mm. but i'm within that 1500 dollars range or even below and you got some uh japanese watch a swiss watch and the other one laurier is it's a uh, united it's a u.s uh, company but of course with the chinese movement and i'm sure not more cars not a bad looking watch at all. I reached out to the company, see if uh, hopefully they're willing to work with me. I would love to borrow one of their watches. And they have the Hydra and some other ones. They're just really, really cool looking watches. So, yeah, that's my three pick for the $1,500. I'm sorry. So, there you go. <laughs> cool. Sounds good. Pete? Cool. So, what you got? Right. Nothing? I'm- <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I've just been consumed with work, and I had no one in each. So I'm just going. I'm jumping straight to five thousand, man. All right, five thousand. Let's do it. What you, you got? Know what I'm saying Grand Seiko, and this is the da, 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 da. Grand Seiko Heritage Collection. Um, stainless steel, dual, dual curve sapphire anti-reflective coating on inner surface. Uh, it has the spring drive movement, okay. power reserve up to uh, 72 hours, three days, 10 meters of water resistance. I mean, I think I'm you not... can see an ATM, man. 
Yeah, it's a right. hundred, a hundred meters, right? Hundred yeah, meters. Yeah, you see ATM, ten bar, ten bar, ten bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. ten, ten to get the meter. I was right. like, ten right. meters. Cool. Fuck, that's so little. Right. <laughs> ten meters. Forget it. Just don't, right. don't breathe on it. <laughs> um, magnetic resistance. Okay. Uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? Oh, thirty jewels. Um, case back with a lion emblem. Date display. Uh, this is also a limited edition on the case back. Uh, power reserve display, screw down case back, screw down crown, see through crown, see through case back. Uh, and that's really it. And the one I chose was uh, the stainless with the rose gold hands with the black dial and the rose gold indices. So it's a gilt dial, very nice. That's a good look, very yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, the cool thing about spring drive, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people know about this, but maybe the the newer collectors. So spring drive is super cool. It's a plus or minus one seconds per day, so you get the best of both worlds, right? So you get a quartz, right. but you get a mechanical watch as well. So it's, it's very it interesting how really smooth. Yeah, like super smooth. Freakishly smooth. Just like butter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so All right. I chose that. I think it's a That's beautiful cool. piece. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. Very cool, Fred. Five thousand dollars. For five thousand bucks, I actually picked very similar to what I already own. Um, so first is Omega Seamaster three hundred M. I picked the GMT, so that's the first okay. big one. Uh, black wave dial. It's got the bigger chunkier indices. Has a modified ETA two eight nine two, um, with uh, with a proper GMT. So it's not the GMT hand that jumps. It's the local time that jumps. Bidirectional bezel, but it still has that classic three hundred M look and obviously the 300m bracelet that one you can get that pre-owned for about 1800 i didn't pick the very cheapest i sort of found one of those sort of lower ish but still sort of realistic um because obviously when you start spending a bit more money then you want to be a bit pickier you don't want to buy just the cheapest one because sometimes there's a reason it's the cheapest one of so, course so that's 1800 second was the cartier pasha c timer the same one that i have the w1080m7 okay. and that one ETA 2892-82 on the inside, pre-owned. So again, I picked sort of a lower lower end of it. They're going for 2,500. Mine was 2,700, but I bought that in the store and I didn't really. I was kind of in a hurry. I just wanted it, so um, <laughs> so I paid a little bit more than that. Uh, the price range goes up to 3,600, so it's decently broad range. But if you get one around the 2,500 mark, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Um, and then to round it out as sort of like just a low key watch or a beater or whatever you want to call it. Um, one sec. For that, uh, I repeated that same too. So I think it's a solid, solid watch and it's a good watch in any collection. Mm. You know, it can fit as a dress watch. Um, it's got a good movement in it and all of those decently easy to maintain as well because they're largely ETA based. Um, so yeah, so that comes in at precisely five grand. Wow. Yeah. Very nice. That's cool. pretty cool. So my three pick for five thousand dollars and actually own one of these and so I can attest to it. Number one pick is the Omega Speedmaster Reduce or automatic. Even you could go for the thirty five ten point five or the thirty five eleven, which is the one that I have. Uh but for this specific one, I'm gonna stick with the thirty five ten, which looks like the professional. So you could find them for fifteen hundred bucks and honestly you could could find a bargain probably at thirteen fifty, fourteen hundred bucks. Uh, so 39 millimeters, 18 millimeter case, uh, 30, 30 millimeter uh, water resistance. 
if you get the earlier models as an, an acrylic crystal, the newer ones in the 2000s were sapphire, but now you're, you're creeping up to like the 2000s. It does feature an ETA 2892 with a Dubris Dubois uh, movement, which could be a downfall for several reasons. One of the reasons is because of servicing. Not a lot of people like servicing that movement, so you need to send it to Omega, so now you're looking at seven, 800 bucks. Also, the pushes don't line up on the side. I've talked about this in one of my earlier videos because the Debris Dubois sits on top of the Etta. Uh, so the pushers don't line up with the crown. So they're kind of offset a little bit. So some people are, are kind of nitpicky about that. But I own the watch. It's very charming. I like it. I recommend it. Uh, another one is the Rattle Captain Cook. We're looking at the 42 millimeter. This is inspired from the 1960s. We're looking at 1500 bucks, brand new. 42 millimeters has a date complication, 20 millimeter uh, band ceramic bezel, uh, unidirectional uh, rotating bezel, of course, 200 meter water resistant sapphire crystal, and it is the movement C07.611 based on an ETA 2824-2, and it has an 80 hour power reserve, super cool. One of the cool features of the Rattle Captain Cook, in my opinion, is the little anchor on top below the 12 o'clock. It actually moves when you move the watch. It moves with the watch. And it's not just a gimmick. It actually moves along with the jewel. And the reason it moves around with the jewel is to kind of let you know if it doesn't move anymore, then maybe you need to service your watch and it needs to be lubricated because if it gets stuck... Uh, then you know that there's something wrong with the oils inside. So I think that's pretty cool of Ratto to do something like that. And Ratto is a very underrated brand here in the U.S., very well known in Asia and the Middle East. So Ratto, give it a look, pretty cool. And then the last one that I went with is the, this is beautiful, the Christopher Ward C1 mm. Moon Glow. I, I've never seen this watch before. I checked it out. The both uh, moons on the watch glow that has super luminova and it has little stars throughout the 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 watch it does come in a leather strap or stainless steel strap i chose to go with the leather strap because it's a, le a little less expensive at 1935 so 1935 bucks um it does feature a caliber jj044 so i'm not sure if it's a modified etta i know they do feature some of their own uh movements it didn't say that on the webpage so i don't really know but yeah it's 40 millimeters and that's kind of my dress watch so the pattern that i'm that i'm going with with my collection is kind of a chronograph you have your diver and you have your dress watch because really that's kind of the three that i would like to have in my collection so so that's what i that's what i got so i hit you know five thousand dollars on the on the mark yeah cool yeah it's a similar logic like i think when you have cool. just three watches to play with you kind of want to have balance you want to kind of have of course for everything you don't want to sort of get placed onto one thing i yeah. think i think that rattle has a similar movement to that tiso uh, i think like they're both based on a 2824 i think that well know, they're the, they're both uh, swatch watches yeah they're both swatch group. <laughs> mm -hmm. but the tiso has the silicon which i think is cool mm. yeah that all sounds good p ten thousand dollars what you got uh, i have the brightling nabby timer Okay. Coming in at eighty six eighty. All right, uh, caliber Breitling O one, uh, movement self winding mechanical power reserve approximately seventy hours. Um, chronograph, uh, one fourth second of a second, thirty minutes to twelve hours. Uh, the vibrations are twenty eight thousand eight hundred vibrations per hour. Uh, forty seven joules. Uh. Stainless steel and steel and gold. 
black steel with 18 karat red gold. Oh, that's on the bezel, yeah? This is is yeah. that what they, is that yeah, what they that, call that, UP? Black steel. Yeah. Black <laughs> steel. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, and for uh, everybody, for everybody listening, we're we're trying the zoom thing where we could actually see each other. And I love that P has a has a pick in his hair with the with the with oh, the, the fist still in there. Oh, oh yeah, shit. yeah. Black power. Oh yeah. Black power. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, transparent sapphire crystal. Now this is three bars, which is that one is thirty meters. Thirty meters, <laughs> thirty meters. Horrible. Uh, uh, bidirectional uh, bezel, uh, non-screw down lock. Yeah, and uh, a cambered sapphire glare proof both sides on the crystal. And um, and that's it. The reason, and I keep going back to the Navi timer because you know it's your grill. Um. Yeah, one of my favorite artists, Miles Davis, you know what I'm saying? Right, he wore uh, uh, Brandon Navy Timer, you know what I mean? And, you know, so I got to have it. It is 46 millimeters, you know, so I, I could rock that, you know what I mean? They do a smaller one, though, don't they? Don't they do like a 44 as well? Yeah, uh huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, but you I could do the 46. You could pick up vintage Navy Timers for well under, what, 1500 bucks? I yeah. think we talked yeah, about it, right? But this one has 15, a that's a good one. That's yeah. the same one that I used to have in my tutor. That's a solid. Uh huh. Yeah. Feels that's good. Cool. You can actually like, a... feel it when it winds. It's crazy. Because like right. some watches, yeah. like you don't really get much feel, or it feels like really like sort of tinny and like rickety or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like that B zero one, like you can, it lets you know that you're winding it, but it feels good, and like really good yeah. action on the chrono as well. Nice. Right, so I'm loving this one. So that's cool. That's mine. That's a good three watch collection. Literally three watch collection. <laughs> <laughs> that's hey cool. man, hey, I, I, it's my fault. I wasn't clear. I was the one that kind of threw this idea out, and I, I wasn't clear. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Fred, what you got? Ten us. grand. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna blame you, Miguel. It's all good. I'll take the rap for this one. <laughs> uh, no worries. All right, you want to go next, Miguel? Uh, I can go next. Yeah, so $10,000. So I got to go with the vintage Rolex Datejust 1601. So around $3,000, I would go with the fluted bezel, black dial, uh, plexiglass, um, crisp on it. Not not the greatest, right? But it's, it's a nice kind of everyday 36 millimeter uh, watch. The downfall with the 1601 versus the newer calibers, it doesn't have a quick set date. But I couldn't pick that because I wanted to be within my $10,000. Um, so yeah, there's, there's not much to say about that watch. It's just a classic. Everybody knows that they just, and second, I will go with the Tudor Black Bay GMT. We're looking at $4,000 Pepsi vessel, just incredible, you know, watch at 41 millimeters. You got your caliber MT5692. It is cost certified at 70 hour power reserve, sapphire crystal, stainless steel bracelet, bi-directional vessel with the, of course, 24 hour vessel with the GMT. And 200 meter water resistance, so that 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 could be your everyday watch, really. But then to step it up even even further, I went with the Grand Seiko Snowflake, a classic, right? Uh, that is reference number SBGA211. Of course, it has a spring drive movement. You could pick it up for around five thousand dollars, and it's used. Of course, uh, it does feature the nine R65 uh, spring drive movement, 41 millimeters, uh, Suratsu finishing white dial. 
uh, display case back, blue seconds hand, and of course, just like we were talking with P, spring drive is an incredible movement, minus or plus one second a day. So, so yeah, you have your your two Swiss watches and then your your Japanese watch in there covered for ten thousand dollars. So, I know you're my pick. Cool. Grand Seiko with that. <laughs> like I know as soon as we're gonna hit the top watch, I was like, Miguel is definitely going for a Grand Seiko. Yeah, yeah, you have to. Yeah, I love Grand Seiko. <laughs> so, what you got, Fred? All right, so starting out, I also went with a GMT. Like, because I travel so much, I'm always going to try and have a GMT in my collection. Um, so I went with the Omega Planet Ocean GMT, 43.5 okay. millimeters, got a caliber 8906 on the inside, Meta certified, cost certified, two barrels, silicon, and GMT, of course. But what I like about this is it's got the black and white ceramic bezel. It looks like an Oreo. It's dope. Um, it awesome. is a little bit thick, but, like... You know, if you've got a few other watches, then you can wear it just to serve, like, your daily watch. Probably not something to wear with a suit. But that's why I also went for the Omega DeVille Coaxial GMT from uh, mm-hmm. late 90s. On. Yeah. The reason why I picked the GMT, it doesn't make sense to have two GMTs, but the reason I picked the GMT is because you can get it on the silver brick road bracelet, which is so cool. Like, when you have, like, when you're thinking your collection is going to be worth 10 grand, you want it to feel like it. And if you look up that bracelet, it's insane it's a similar sort of one that they use on the um on the deville center tourbillon but obviously it's in steel it's not in gold and yeah that thing looks amazing um still worth only three thousand dollars so it's like a steel you still get you know a gmt a good looking dress watch you can put it on the strap if you want to but that bracelet is 90 percent of the reason i picked that um oh and that omega uh, Planet Ocean GMT. That's it retails for eight grand, but you can get it pre-owned for about five. So okay. both of you, both of those, you'd be getting those pre-owned. So that brings us up to like eight thousand dollars so far. And then to round it off as like again, like a beater or an incognito watch or just somewhere to go when you're going somewhere you don't want your watch stolen. I picked the Zin One Hundred Three Chronograph. So it's got a, mm. of, got a little bit of a pilot look to it. It's got the Arabic numerals, which I think are really cool. Uh, day, day, I'll do 7750. Also sort of circa early 2000s. And that one you can pick up for around 1500 US. So syringe hands on that one? Huh? Does it have the syringe hands? Uh, no, I don't remember, actually. I, Let me check it. I know some do. That, that, that's, that, that's one of the features about Zin that, that I really like the syringe hands. And and it's funny, like my whole collection, if you look at it, I kept the Germans out of it. It's all Japanese and Swiss. So, yeah. but German watches are amazing. I mean, but you know, a lot of them are expensive, of course. Yeah, no, but there's well, good value. I mean, at the end of the day, like obviously it's a 750 based movement. So it's yeah. like crazy expensive and crazy exclusive, but it'll be a solid watch. And, you know, again, the idea being at least it's something that's relatively easy to service. Uh, yeah. It's like those. Omega coaxials, which are a little bit more challenging, but if you're spending some right. Gs on watches, you should factor in service as well. So that brings my total to 9,500. So I have a little bit of extra money for service or strap. Nice, mm. very cool. You know what I notice about a, a lot of our episodes is we we really don't talk about German watches. Now that I really think about like Nomos and Young Hands and jeez uh, and gl- Glasute and all these uh, Langa, of course Langas. The completely different monster, but well, I, mean, I think they they're... don't get a lot of attention. The one that gets probably the most attention is Lange. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, like a lot of them fly under the radar, but they offer a lot they of do. really good value, especially especially they on do. pre-owned because again, not everyone's really looking at them, so they yeah. lose a fair bit of money on pre-owned. Yeah. But they're really really good quality watches. Um, yeah, I love the way some Nomoses look dope. Yeah, they have the they look dope as hell. The Zurich bedside that is sick, the world timer, and that one's also like really good value. I think it's like five grand or something like that, and you get a in-house world timer. Insane value. I think. I think for a dress watch, uh, I'm starting to get a little bit more into the Bauhaus style. Uh, I don't have one in the collection, but the simplicity of it and just to, to have like a nice looking suit that's so simplistic and have something on your wrist to match that, I think it's very charming. How do you guys feel about Bauhaus? I'm not a big style. fan of it. That's the only reason no. I probably would never buy a Nomos is because it's just right. the styling just isn't for me. Like mad respect to the value that they offer and some of their movements are really nice. But yeah, the I mean, I, I'd rather get something like. I mean, yeah. Now I think I think the Nomo style is cool. I kind of like the Nomo's, uh, the one with the second hand on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think those are pretty dope. So that's cool. They okay. Well, here's here's a curveball for everybody. So that was kind of kind of the base that we all had to meet right so 1500 bucks 5000 bucks and 10000 bucks but we wanted to throw a curveball like i said because you know clearly we're all looking at watches a little bit different p myself we look at watches more on a value standpoint and our friend uh, fred looks at things a little bit more expensive so we told fred when you as a bonus pick three watches for $20000 and then P and of course myself, we're gonna pick three watches for five hundred bucks. So who wants to go first? I want to hear you guys. I I, I I I do have three watches for this. Okay. Okay. Good job. <laughs> I have three. Okay. Okay. Why do we start us off? Five hundred bucks. What right. you got? Uh, I have Citizen Eco Drive, the Blue Angel. Okay. Alright, uh this thing is it is beautiful, man. I don't I don't know if y'all have seen this, but I have not um case size is 42 millimeters, uh water resistance, uh 200 meters, uh let's see, dual time, hand with date, stainless steel case, two-tone stainless steel, blue ion plating bezel, uh crystal is anti-reflective, mineral crystal, whatever. You know what I mean? But this comes in at a whopping uh, $340. This thing okay. is nice. It is, I'm telling you, it is nice. Okay. $340. Okay. So what a, I'm curious to know what, what you were able to squeeze with the, with the rest of the money. Uh, Belova. This is a, a new, something new from new. It's called the Hack Watch. All right, huh. inspired by Belova's military history. Okay. Um, it comes in at $335 with a case diameter of 38 millimeters, case thickness 13.45. Uh, function, it is an automatic heartbeat skeleton, has a hack feature, double dome, uh, mineral crystal, uh, 30 meters of water resistance. But it is a beautiful freaking watch. Okay. You know what I mean? I was surprised when I actually saw it. Um, the case material is stainless steel. Uh, let's see. And that's about it for this one. And my last one. 
Oh, that came in at four hundred. <laughs> what the 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 below the below three ninety okay. five okay and my last one I kind of wanted to do something different something that don't a lot of people talk about but I chose um, a marathon a black general purpose mechanical with uh, trinium U S government markings on the dial um, case. Composite 316 stainless steel. It's 316 L stainless steel black. Uh, let's see, sapphire crystal. Uh, the crown type is a pressure. Um, dimensions is 34 millimeters, 11 millimeters thick. And I, I liked it because, like, I love the way it got the U.S. government on the dial. You know what I mean? I thought that was dope. And it's all black, and it come in different colors. And and this one is coming in at a whopping three hundred and sixty dollars. Okay. So three watch collection for over a thousand dollars, Fred. How do you feel about that? <laughs> hey, I, I like my pick. Like I said, I actually had a lot of fun doing the fifteen hundred one. Like yeah, I like I looked at tons of vintage watches. Like especially like after that last time when we were talking about vintage watches, I was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm gonna pick vintage watches. I'm gonna find something old school that like. And I came across that on there. I was like, All right, that's a cool watch. They did have a yeah, one, but that was like 1200 And I wasn't going to find two more watches in under 300 <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was the, for me, the hardest one, to be honest with you, was probably like the $10,000 one. Because uh, I'm like, I, I can't even imagine myself having that kind of money to spend on watches. Like, it's just crazy. That was the hardest one for me. So, I don't know. But who wants to go next? You want to do your twenty thousand? You want me to do my five hundred? It's up to you, man. You want to go first? I'll do it. I'll do it. So, three watches for five hundred bucks, and this is way up my wheelhouse because I mean, I've I've been put in the situation before where where I'm like, do I get three watches or do I get one watch for five hundred bucks? But for the purposes of this episode, I picked uh, three. So my first one is a vintage Gerard Perigo Gyromatic. Uh, coming in, you can find them for like 200 bucks, 34 millimeters, 18 millimeter uh, strap, uh, acrylic crystal, downfall. But the cool thing about Gerard Perigold that uh, probably a lot of people don't know, it's, it was the first high-frequency uh, movement. It was introduced in 1966. It, it had a, a, a vibration of 36,000 vibrations per, per hour, and it was an in-house movement. So Gerard Perigold, of course, still around Swiss company. And for you to get that kind of a watch for 200 bucks is kind of crazy. Uh, so that would be your dress piece. And then for your chronograph, I went with the Seagull 1963, but not the one that everybody talks about. They actually have one that's called the Panda. So if you go to their website, to the Seagull website, they have a Panda version. It's 250 bucks brand new. And again, uh, it's 30 nine 38 millimeters uh and has uh the in-house hand-wound uh, movement uh and it's basically the caliber is uh 175 it was used back in the in the 60s for the chinese air force a company by the name of tai jin actually bought it from venus because they used to source their movements through the swiss but the Chinese government basically wanted to stop that. So they bought the machinery from Venus and actually upped it. So when uh, the jewels used to be uh, 17 jewels, so they upped it, the Chinese upped it up to the 19 jewels. So I think that was super cool. 
that it has some kind of history to it. And yeah, I mean, you could pick it up for 250 bucks and it has a display case back. You get to see that movement. And, and I think it's pretty cool. Then the last one on my list, you need to go with a diver side chose the Casio Duro. So, or the Marlin as some people call it for 50 bucks, you get 200 meter water resistant, unidirectional rotating vessel. It's a big boy at 44 millimeters mineral mm-hmm. crystal, not, not the greatest. 120 uh, click unidirectional vessel. Like I said, it is a quartz, the Japanese quartz. So, yeah, you can't go wrong for 500 bucks. You get your dress, your chronograph, mm-hmm. and your diver. So, and Bill, Bill Gates wears the Duro. Yes. Yes. Where the watch for mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. So, cheers, boys. That's what I have. <laughs> cool, cool. All right. All right. Fred, $20,000. Hit us. What you got? This one was hard just because of thinking of like the way to approach it. This so many cool watches. If you're getting three watches for 20 grand, there's so many different cool combinations that you can do. Um, but I wanted to at least try my best to try and reveal as much value as possible, get you some really, really cool stuff. Like this is, in my opinion, this is a 20 grand watch collection that's worth about 40. If, if you were thinking retail, yeah, it'd be about, worth about 40 if you had bought all of these at retail. All right. Okay. First one is one that I actually want to get myself. It's probably, it's not next on my list, but probably the one after. And that is the Blanc Palm 50 Fathoms Trilogy GMT. So this was okay. released uh, late 90s. Um, this is when Jean-Claude Biver was still running things uh, during Blanc Palm. Um, but he was still part of like the Swatch group, essentially. He was also running Omega. And um, they released this. It was their way to bring back the 50 Fathoms. It's so unashamedly 90s. Of course, it has a metal release bezel like the Yachtmaster. Um, and that's probably his downfall is that it looks really 90s. So people didn't really buy it anymore. But uh, proper GMT movement, 300 meter water resistance, only 40 millimeters. So it's not as big as the current full-on 50 Fathoms. Um, and on the inside, it's a Frederick Piguet movement. Um, well, Frederick Piguet is now amalgamated into manufacturer Blanc Part, but they still use it. And that's the caliber 50A50. And that has 100 hours of power reserve. The only real downfall is it doesn't hack, but who cares? Mm. And, um, and that comes in around five to 6,000. I saw a few a few months back that are around the 7,000 mark, um, but they seem to have been going down. The trick with these is just there's not a lot out there. So they're hard to find. So, but yeah, that's definitely a very cool watch. You know, super high horology watch. If you get a modern Blanc Pond GMT, you're not getting changed for 10 grand. Um, so that's the first one on the list. Next one, if you go on dress watch, you got to get a JLC reverse. Goes without saying. Um, yeah. I picked a, a Grand Tai reference 270862. Um, still obviously manual wind, caliber 822. What I like about this one is you can get it in a variant that's sort of a dark blue with white accenting, but still has like the Arabic numerals on it. Um, plain case back. It doesn't have like an engraving or anything like that. Um, but it's just a classic looking reversal in a slightly different colorway. And also it's funny. You can match it with straps. And that one comes in around 5,400. And that one's also from the early 2000s. It's in the Grand Thai case, so it's a little bit more modern sizing. And then last but not least, and this kind of defines the sort of combination I picked before I had a different reversal, um, but I wanted to really, really cram in some value, and that is the Vachon Constantin Overseas Chronograph Gen 1. 
I tried nice. on one of these in Dubai, and it is amazing. Like, just every single surface on the watch is finished and finished to perfection. Like, even, like, in between the links. Like, when you look at it in pictures, it doesn't look that great, especially the bracelet. But when you see it in person, it all kind of makes sense. Um, it's got that big date. It's also another Frederic Piguet caliber. This one's an 1185, but Vacheron put their own big date there. Um, and, you know, it's a Holy Trinity watch. It's a Vacheron yeah. at the end of the day. It's Holy Trinity. It's one of the Holy Trinity of sports watches. It fits well, especially if um, some people with smaller wrists, they can't really pull off the Gen 3 because it's a little bit thicker and a little bit bigger. So this one's only 40 millimeters. It's not very thick. Um, yeah, it, it's a dope watch in every single way. And it is 8,500 to about nine grand. Um, so it's still mm. pretty expensive, but that was sort of like what defined the rest, specifically which reverso I got. Originally, I had put that blanc pond uh, reversal with moon phase and complete calendar and then i was toying between like a breguet uh, type 20 or maybe a special edition speedmaster but i thought no let's it's 20 grand you might as well try and get into the holy trinity and like i want to show you can and still get some cool watches on top of that that's a cool collection cool. That's holy, tr- tr- holy trinity then the watchmaker's watch you know and then blanc pond i mean and that's that's the business so yeah, even older than Rolex Mariner, some would argue, right? I mean, it's always it like, older who cares for Like, well, some pa- people argue. Is older, and then the Mariner and yeah. the 50 Balance both came out in 1953. Right, so, no, that's cool, man. I, I like the collection. I think all these watches are crazy. I mean, if I had money, I'll buy all, all, all the collections <laughs> you guys picked and my collection. And it's crazy. <sighs> it, it, it's crazy how much, how many watches are out there. And when you start doing your research, you're like, it just doesn't make sense why some watches cost so much more money than others. But you're like, what's well, the finishing? It's the branding. There's just so much that goes into it, right? But uh, but I don't know. I mean, I, I guess the, the real question with this project was all of us as collectors. And I know for Fred, maybe the answer would be yes. Because how many watches do you have in your collection, Fred? Do you have three. You have your Tissot, Steinhardt? For me, okay. for me, I always count it as like three plus one. <laughs> Okay, so, so for you, a three-watch collection... So three-watch collection for you is, is pretty much is, is doable because that's kind of what you have, right? So, but that being said, like, my aim is, like, is to hit five and then okay. a bit. Yeah, well, for me, I was like, I, I, I keep toying with the idea of a three-watch collection. And I've told P this plenty of times. I'm like, should I get rid of my, a lot of my watches and just go for something more expensive? But... The, the thing about watches, well, at least for me personally, and I don't know about you guys, but they, they have a special meaning, right? So a lot of them have a special meaning that you just can't get rid of them, right? So even if it's an inexpensive watch, 200 bucks, 150 bucks, it doesn't really matter. If it has a story behind it, it's worth a lot more than a $10,000 watch. So to me personally, I don't think I could do a three-watch collection. What about you, P? No, I, I couldn't. You know what I mean? Especially with like a lot of the Venice pieces I be seeing out there. I'm like, I couldn't. But you, couldn't. what is it for you? Is it more uh, an emotional thing or is it more that you just, you're a hoarder and you just love <laughs> collecting things? Is it nah, both? Nah, it, it could be both. I think it's more of an emotional thing though. You know what I mean? Okay. You know, when I see something I kind of connect with it, you know what I mean? Well, not kind of connect. I do actually connect with the watches that I get. So, you know, 
It's definitely emotional. Sometimes I just want to cry, man. <laughs> Sometimes I just want to cry, man. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, like, obviously, like, the watches I have, like, I have an emotional connection to them. Now, like, you saw, like, the Cartier was the only one of the, of the exact watches that, that I already have that I listed in the thing. I didn't list my own Seamaster because if I was starting again, I probably would have gotten a different one. But I will never sell my one because it was the first one, you know? Right. And, like, and I love yeah. that. But And by the way, mm. I did post that picture of you with your uh, Cartier on the Facebook page. Oh, yeah? You know what I'm saying? And I posted a picture of Yo Omega on the Facebook page. McGee. Nice. So, oh, nice. Go check that out. Very so, cool. Watch Review Podcast Facebook page. Um, check it out. But, yeah, like, for me, like, I still get an emotional connection to them. But on the same token, for me, like, a lot of it is about, like, you know, for me, it's like a project. I already know what watches I want next. But also, okay. like, for me, I've always been about quality over quantity. And I got the patience. I'd rather wait for something super special, even if it takes me longer. Like, I probably like, I haven't bought a watch since August of last year and probably won't buy another one this year. So I probably have to wait till next year, maybe in the year after. I want to get a reversal next. and But for me, it's like, all right. But I have all that time to like look at different variants, find out the history, uh, look at where to buy it. Like it all goes into that in addition to actually owning it. Like for me, so for me, the experience starts before I even have the watch. That is self-control, my friend. I don't know how you do that. To be honest with you, it's like if I, if I had a little bit of money to my name to buy a watch, it just burns a hole in my pocket. And it's just like, I can't, I just can't. I know for P. Uh, and I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this or not, but I know he was saving up for that brightly, but I don't even know what happened to that money. Did you spend it already? Uh, uh exactly. I, mo- most of it is back in the account. Most of it. Cause I sold a few watches, you know what I'm saying? Here and there, but most of it's back in there. So I'm, I'm back on the grind for it. But Pete, are you trying to get okay. on another timer or would you be cool getting a vintage one? Cause they Venice will be fine. Venice will be fine. And I could probably get one of them like around fifteen, two thousand, two thousand dollars, fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars. I'd be fine with a video. That's the beauty of the Navitime. It still looks the yeah. same now as it did back then. Yeah, it's like uh-huh. if you don't mind having an older movement, and like I know yeah. you've got a lot of vintage pieces, right. so it's not that hard for you to sort yeah. of adapt to that. Right. Yeah. For so, sure. Absolutely. Well, I guess yeah. as a collector, the watches speak to you in different ways, right? Some people want the newest and the greatest because it's like no i can't have something old it has to be new for some people it's more about the movement that strikes me as somebody like fred that he cares about metas he cares about cause he cares about this and that then you have people that care just about aesthetics they don't care about the movement it could be a quartz it could be a manual wine as long as the watch looks cool that's what it is for some other people they just care about the brand right so they could again oh it's a rolex looks ugly as hell but it's a rolex i'll, I'll take it but some people take into consideration kind of bits and pieces. So how do you guys categorize yourselves as collectors? What 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 category, what pocket do you guys fall into? Be um, honest here. Don't lie. Um I'm really into the aesthetic, but I find myself getting more and more trying to learn more about movements. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's pretty much where I'm at right now. Cool. Fred. For me it's hard to pick one thing because like I'll never get a watch that I don't like the look of. But also, like, obviously, I appreciate the movement and the technology on the inside. It's ideally, it's got to be a watch with some history. 
Um, for me, a big thing is I can't stand seeing other people with my watches. It's one of the reasons I'll probably never get a Rolex, despite having the utmost respect for them. I wouldn't be able to stand owning a Submariner purely on the basis I've seen so many already. Like, thankfully, not from you. I've never seen a 300 out there. I know they're not the rarest of watches, but I haven't seen someone else with it. I've seen plenty of other Submariners, so in that sense, I am covered. Uh, same thing with that Cartier. It took me fucking forever to find it. I've seen two in my time collecting watches, one of which is my one. The other one was in a store in Argentina. So, like, mm. I haven't seen it on anyone else's wrist. So, for me, that's a big thing. I don't like other people having the same shit as me or vice versa. So, that's probably something that factors into my decision making more than most people. Uh-huh. Um, but also, can yeah, you like, imagine the significance behind it? It's got to have a story behind it. It can't just be a generic, you know, like that's one thing where, you know, something, something like, you know, some of the lower end brands, even their new, their new stuff, like it's just part of their catalog. You know, I can't connect to that. It's got to have some history behind it some cool story about it and in some cases like i just don't know the story yet and then i find him like oh that's cool but um but yeah like that's one reason why also like older watches i'm starting to gravitate a bit more towards them because also they have more history or they're part of a certain time in history right can you imagine fred getting a rolex hawk and then walking into a party something somebody else got a rolex hawk it'll be just like the chick they got the same dress on as another chick. Fred would probably tear that dude's head out, boy. No, no, I would just get rid watch. I would be like, <laughs> just, <laughs> just throw it across the room. But you know, the, well, for one thing, I'm covered because I don't really like green, or like I don't like how green looks right, right. on me, so I'm covered. But even in that case, the good thing about the Hulk is this shit resells for higher than you buy it, even right, if you buy right, it at right. a premium. As long right. as I don't see someone the next day, I probably won't lose money on it. <laughs> right <laughs> that's yeah. crazy well for me i don't know i just i just can't one thing's for sure i care about movement but that's not my driving force behind it because then i would would have known all these watches in my collection because there's nothing special about the watches in my collection they're not cost certified they're not meta certified obviously my omega is a, 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 an older omega i don't care about precious metals to be honest with you um, I think it's a combination of emotional, you know, who, who got it for me. It's the brand a little bit, of course, because there's some brands out there that I just wouldn't get. Uh, movement plays a, a factor in it and aesthetics, of course. So, I mean, I, I, I don't really care about other people having my watch. I think it's, it's kind of cool because it kind of puts you in this position where you're almost like twins. Like, hey, you and I, like, something similar and you actually picked up the same thing so we have a connection already you know what else is in your collection i'll be curious to know if we have similar picks you know so for me one of the pieces of my collection that everybody owns the skx and i don't care wearing that watch in public i love that watch in fact if i saw somebody else with it i'll be really happy like hey you're part of the club you know what's up because you didn't just end up picking that watch you actually seeked that watch i'm pretty sure and you know what it what it is and i'll give you an example so in my line of work i deal a lot with customers face to face not right now what's going on but um one of my um, people that i deal with one of my clients he i didn't know he was a watch guy we we've dealt for months and months about different things and i don't talk about watches in, in my line of work because it'd be weird right 
but I was wearing my SKX and I noticed he was wearing his SKX and, and he noticed and I noticed and then our friendship, it, it just went from like a business relationship to like a friendship. And I found out that he owned a Tudor and a, a Rolex and some other things. And then he, he knew what I had. And now it, it, it just developed into, it flourished into something different. And the cool thing now when we do business, it's not even about the business. We always talk watches. And then on the, on the end, it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, that's got to prove or, hey, do this or do that. So the business side of it is kind of secondary. Um, and it's more about the watches and that connection. So what brought us together was the SKX. So to me, that doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? I've never been one of those guys like, oh, no, you have something similar. I don't really care. You know what I mean? But that's just a personal thing. And I, I completely understand yeah, like, Fred and other people, you know? Like, so. I, I guess that's the interesting thing about collecting. One has different stuff that influences. Yeah. And even like her watch, for example, like different weights will be given for different things. Like, for example, my Cartier, like the movement selling the right home about so 2892. You can find that in hundreds, if not thousands of different watches uh like different watch models and probably millions of actual watches but what i like about that is its distinctive look it's got some gentle history to it obviously being a cartier like you got to have a good story to a cartier the whole thing with the pasha of marrakesh i don't even know if they just made that up for marketing i really don't care it's a cool story <laughs> you know like yeah so like in that sense the story played a much bigger role in it and the fact of that i haven't seen many of them that played a bigger role in it than the movement. Whereas with the Omega, for example, especially because it was the first one, I wanted something that was, you know, a good advanced movement. I like the fact that with the coaxial, it's it's supposed to have lesser friction. So that means that, you know, obviously it extends the life of it a little bit better. It does make it a bit more accurate as well. I know when it comes to servicing, I'm going to wish it wasn't a coaxial, but that'll be my problem. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully never, but at least if not realistically in a few years, not now. So like in that sense, the movement played a bigger role. Um, in my tutor, the movement played a very big role, just knowing that I was getting the same movement that you can get in a watch that's, you know, three, $4,000 more in a brightening. So even on a per watch basis, different things will take different weights. But even with that black bay, for example, I like the, I like the look of it. And also I like the look a little bit different to the rest of the black bays as well. So like it all, it all cool. It's just what, I, look. At the end of the day, and I've, I've said it a million times, and I, you guys know this, get whatever speaks to you. Yeah. You know, if that's an Invicta, that's an Invicta. If that's a, a AP Royal Oak or Offshore or whatever, Cody 1159, it doesn't matter. Like, I if like you have the money. If, I don't know why people say there's there's that. There's like, some, it's like, or even if it's an 1159, you know? <laughs> well, you, you know what I mean. I mean, it's, it's to me, it looks like a movement watch for a crazy amount of money. The dial, the dial, anyway, not the case. Really? Not the, the, have you seen the, yeah, the side the, of it? Have yes, the it's, not the case, it's not the case. It's not the case. Why well, I feel like we talked about this already. We did already. We did. We're not, <laughs> and the Bolshoi yeah. edition looked very nice. And that one doesn't yeah. have complications. Okay. But anyway, so we're coming up on an hour. Let's talk other things. That was a really fun topic. What you guys got? I have three things, but I'm going to okay. make it short. Star okay. Wars, Star Wars, and Star Wars. I, <laughs> Star I Wars actually, is one. I actually didn't see this Star Wars one. this time. Pizza okay, so, I, so I'm going to be quiet on that. I went on eBay, and this is a watch thing. So I saw somebody, they had... uh. A Cartier, a Venice Cartier on there for like the the bid was at forty three dollars. 
So I looked at it and I said, something ain't right with this motherfucker. Something definitely is not right. So as I'm looking, they had showed a picture of the movement. So I started doing the research. And then, like, it was different things that people were saying, like, if the crown don't have the little jewel on it, you know what I'm saying, it's fake. Or if it's vintage, you know what I'm saying, it don't have to have the jewel. And if the movement don't have Cartier on it, then it's fake. You know what I mean? So I'm watching the, uh, people being on this, right? So I'm just watching. So I had already determined it's either fake or it's real and was a pocket watch. I'm not even for sure if Cartier made pocket watches. But that's kind of what the conclusion I came to. But my ultimate conclusion was that it was fake. So then this sold, this thing sold for $151. And I'm thinking, like, if it's real, wouldn't it have sold for a lot more than $151 for yeah. a Venice luxury piece? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's or, always or, that or, sort of notion of too good to be true. You know? Right, right. That's what I thought about that. Too, but also, that's like, nah, sometimes you get lucky. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. But if I if I get a picture, I send it to y'all in the group chat. Let y'all. Well, here's it here's the thing that you keep forgetting, P, and, and you probably don't have a relationship with them. But you send me the picture. So we had um, Cameron from Craft and Tailored in uh, on the show a few episodes ago, and that guy is a vintage uh, expert. He sells vintage pieces, so, and he's a pretty cool guy. So if you are ever in doubt, like you're seriously looking to invest money into a vintage piece, let me know because we could definitely send it to that guy. To I mean, I'm right. sure he could spot it right away. You know what I mean? Right. But but that's right. what that's one of the downfalls of buying a vintage watch if you're not familiar or know enough of. That watch, you could get scammed. You could get a Franken watch. You could get a, a replica watch. You could get right. a modified watch. Well, Franken watch is really a. <laughs> that's that's right. really what it means. But yeah, sometimes I I, I see yeah. some things that that I'm like that doesn't make any sense. The price doesn't match. But on eBay, you gotta do you gotta do a lot more research. Um, right. So you gotta do the research on on the seller. What are the things are they selling? What are the things that they sold? You got to do a ton of research, and if something doesn't smell right, then stay away from it. Because the last thing you want to do is spend any kind of money, even if it's 150 bucks, on something that you think is real, and then you go and find out that it's not real. If you know that it's not real and you're cool with it, then go for it. But if you think you're getting something real, but it's not, then you're going to be extremely disappointed. So. Well, it, it definitely didn't smell right, so it was funky. Yeah, I think, All right. I think if you have to ask, then assume. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you know, that's cool. And, uh, my second thing is I finished out my FEMA training. You know what I'm saying? Get all my certificates and stuff. Federal emergency management oh. agency oh, shit. Nice. nice. You know what I'm saying. So, so you're you're FEMA then? You so well, you don't work for FEMA. No, I don't. I don't work for FEMA, but I I've completed FEMA training. So what does that you know mean? So if the government needs extra bodies and you're eligible to go and help? I, I am eligible or... for certain things. You know what I mean? So That's cool. You know. Nice. So other than that. How long did that take? And like what do you have to do for it? Uh you can actually go to their website. You just have to be part of some law enforcement uh conglomerate. Like I'm a security officer, so yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm part of that whatever law enforcement thing so you know so we was required to actually take it yeah so yeah we talked about this before fred he's paul blart he's in the mall with the segway 
You know, no, man. No, yeah, he's, he's, he's first in line for when, like, the apocalypse happens. He's going to be the first one who's going to say, oh, well, they've abandoned the nice one right. store. He's yes, right. exactly. Uh-huh. He's, and he's going to hook all of us up. He's on the front lines. <laughs> I'm counting right. you, yes. Hook me up with right. that. We're counting oh, yeah. you, I got, Hook me I, up I with that hoopla, man. That professional. I got you. I got you. Oh, <laughs> from, also from the uh, final. I got you, Fred. I got yeah. you. And also, uh, Final Fantasy VII remake came out. Video game. Y'all don't play video games, but and I do. My so. other thing was going to be a video game. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I Final Fantasy VII remake. So. Go ahead. So remember how I think it was last week or the week before I forget I was watching Indian. Yeah, yeah. I, from that I realized shit. The Indians remind me a lot of the Zerg from Starcraft, from like the original. Mm, right. So I started playing that, like the OG Starcraft, not Starcraft Two. Really? The OG one from the nineties, and it's free. Oh shit! Yeah, and it works for Mac. Okay. So, so yeah, I've been playing that a lot. Really? Okay. That's cool. Yeah, that's the bomb. Shit, that's cool. Yeah, so that's what you got, uh, P. Yeah, I'm done. I'm finished. Fred, that, is that what you're gonna talk that, about? That's the pretty video? much been my other thing. <laughs> I've just been playing that probably more than I should. Um, but it's funny, it's so addictive. Like, I, I don't play it right. Like, I know you're supposed to, like, you know, especially just get the Zerg and just rush and all that. shit. Uh, I right. like to build up a nice big base. Get all the units, impenetrable defenses, right. you know, all that. And then just when I'm done feeling like, okay, they can't attack me at all. If they get close, they die right away. Cool. All right. Then they right. run in just in one sweep. Just vanquish them. Me on some real Napoleon shit. I live out my little is still on- fantasy in that game. <laughs> is it still online? No, no. This is all on single player. I don't mess with online. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. Cool. I like cool, playing cool. against the AI. Yeah. Right. Right. For sure. That's cool. Yeah. Well, what do I have? A uh, show that I watched, um, Netflix, is called L.A. Originals. So I don't know if you guys know who Mr. Cartoon is. He's a tattoo artist. Uh, and somebody that I never knew about is Stellan Oreo. So basically, uh, here in L.A., there's a lot, of, a lot of Hispanics, right? And mostly Mexicans, right? So us Mexican-Americans, we call ourselves what some people call, call us Chicanos. So Chicano is... Is real this this culture right where it's kind of like a a Mexican kind of mix with American, and you have cholos right. You have the lowriders, you have the tattoos, you have all this all this crazy thing that influences a lot of things, right? So so you're a Chicano. Well, I'm kind. I'm not a cholo. You pull up but, your I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. And I, okay, I, I wear shorts with white socks. Yeah, you gotta have, have a teardrop. <laughs> no, no. but the cool thing about this, so a lot of people probably know or don't know, so I've been doing graffiti for a long time since the since high school, right? So that's that's really appealing to me. And about in my early 20s, so this is years ago, I started tattooing. So I tattooed for about maybe seven years. And I, I, I got, a, got a, a chance to actually travel a little bit doing tattoos. And uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. That was a fun, fun time of my life for sure. So I knew who Mr. Cartoon was for a long time. And, and some of his uh, things were influential, not so much from the aesthetic perspective, because I'm not into the Cholo thing, into the clowns and, and all these things. But 
the the shading, the the lines, just the 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 full composition of what he did was very very interesting and intriguing to me. Uh, but seeing this documentary and seeing how he was so influential to the hip hop culture and tattooed Eminem and Fifty Cent and Proof and just so many different people in the industry and uh, his buddy, his photogra- photographer guy, he actually was the guy. I don't know if you guys seen the shot. It's a it's a Cholak girl throwing up like the LA sign, you know, like that. Uh, or whatever it's like with nails she has her nails done and everything and it's the LA sign mm. uh, so he photographed that and everybody used it in images and CDs and, and television and, and whatever so it goes through the history of them and how it, they influence uh, a, a culture and put it on the map especially with what's going on in the US with all the tension of you know racism and, and people not liking Hispanics or whatever it's like look we've made an impact in this country maybe in that sense, with the cholos and gangsters and all that, is not a not a very positive thing because you're not bringing violence and drugs and, and different things. But nonetheless, we're a part of this culture. We're a part of of California, you know, especially California and Los Angeles, you know. So I thought it was pretty cool. I, I don't think it's going to speak to everybody. It spoke to me because obviously I'm Hispanic and Mexican and and tattoos and and photography. Now you know I'm starting to get into that. So I, I thought it was pretty cool. So that's what I got. Cool. That's what's up. That's what's up, man. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. So, anyways, uh, anything else? Like before we leave, uh, go check out Fred's, Fred's uh, latest video predictions on Omega. That was oh, pretty that? cool. Since oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm in the middle of watching it. I, <laughs> right. I'm not gonna lie, I haven't finished and, and, watching and, it. And I did post it on the SoCal Watch Reviews oh, podcast man. page on uh, Facebook. You know what I'm saying? You know, gotta yeah. gotta give so. props to Fred. Some of the things he does with those infographics and the animations, and it, it just it blows me away because I started doing editing, and it's just so complicated. I, I'm barely trying to figure it out. So what Fred does is just like next level, and I can't believe you only have you know a thousand subscribers. You should definitely be up there with ten, twenty, thirty thousand yeah. subscribers. So, anyways, that's what I, you know, and, and I did get my Omega catalog. Oh, I got mine somewhere. I don't know what you mine know is. What I'm but, saying, yo, yeah. trying. Yep. I bought Yo, my watch from them, and this, they still haven't even sent me my catalog yet. This thing <laughs> is amazing. It is. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It, it, if you get a watch, you don't get a catalog. You ain't know that? Oh, man. That's you already, you already the got the watch. The catalogs I have from companies that I haven't bought from <laughs> probably makes up for it. <laughs> right, funny. right. No, it's, it's pretty easy. You just go to the but website, yeah, put, put in your did. information, and they that's send it out I, for I put in the information, and they didn't send it. And they haven't? No, I did that like four months ago. Oh, this thing I is amazing. Do it again. <laughs> yeah, do it again because I got mine like in three yeah, weeks. I'm pretty sure now I'm not three weeks? considering yeah. the country's on lockdown. Yeah, mine took about two months because I did mine in January, I think. Yeah, I did oh, okay, mine cool. a while back. All right, but guys. Either way, when I was in Dubai, I picked like so many catalogs. Like, it's a good thing I only went there for a few days, so I didn't really pack very much because no, mm. my suitcase came back That's like, cool. I don't know. And just catalogs here because of all the catalogs and they're nice quality ones. Funny. Like when people say that oh you know why would you want to ever buy a retail buy new all that shit you fund stuff like that you fund stuff like the catalog mm-hmm. you know it's not yeah right it's not just oh you know paying their markup there's tons, tons, right. of, tons of places where that money is actually right. Right, right, and I noticed with this Omega catalog, it seems like they got more in the book than they got on their website. I mean, I don't know, you know, what I'm saying how y'all feel about that, but I, I I'm seeing stuff in here like this it's off the chain. Yeah. 
I'm sure they have a lot of things on their website, but that's that's the problem with a lot of companies out there. And, and maybe Fred could attest to this because he, he works kind of like in the industry with the internet. But a lot of things are very complicated to like navigate through, right? Nothing is like super yeah, simple. True, you true, have to true. click on this and then click on that. And then it takes you to another page and you're like, well, I'm like 10 pages deep and I'm barely finding what I was trying to look for, you know? Yeah, so. like it's a lot of the UX on a lot of these websites isn't great. The Omega one actually isn't that bad. Like Omega, I think, has one of the better websites. But some of them, it's very, like Rolex is one in my view is really shit. It takes a long time takes a lot of steps to get to a specific watch which yeah. isn't great but then again rolex doesn't even sell on their website so they don't really care <laughs> but um but, but that's yeah well, on one hand it's they're not really taking it seriously enough on another hand it's usually they're being designed by people who are more in traditional marketing so they don't right. realize you have to have a certain different mind state when you're doing marketing online when you're selling online <laughs> just because the nature of the beast you know in the same way you shouldn't apply the same mind state to do a magazine ad to what you would do on a TV ad to what you do on using YouTube as a way to promote, for example, for all those, you have to yeah, think no. the right way, use the right tool for the job. Well, Patek is on the same boat. That's in my honest opinion, just like you've said on your video, that's why Rolex Tudor Patek have postponed their 2020 releases just because they're monsters. They have so much money that they don't, they don't care. They're just like, Oh, we're just going to wait just the money. until it's, 2021 it's, for most of them. Like it's for Rolex, especially protect to a lesser degree, because you got to remember protect does have that's listen to Aquanaut, but they still have a bunch of other precious metals. They have a bunch of other complications that don't sell on wait lists. They don't sell above list. So protect is a slightly different beast. But they do have the Aquanaut and Nautilus to sort of keep people hungry and all that. And, you know, they can afford to wait. But Rolex, for example, they they can afford to wait because they know the demand is still there. You know, the right. demand exceeds what they produce already. So it's like, if anything, for Rolex, it kind of makes sense because it means, okay, the ADs have time to to get the models they released last year. Because the second that they announce a new model, there's so much hype around it. They just overflows right. demand and wait lists for the ADs. So if anything is kind of a of good course. thing they're postponing, because at least it gives ADs time to catch up on, you know, sending out the new Batmans, sending out even the new Pepsis, which came out two years ago. Hopefully some of that can sort of get down to earth a little bit and they can do some catch up. Okay. All right, guys. Well, uh, let's wrap it up. Where can uh, people find you guys? You can find Pete and Ben. <laughs> you can find oh, Pete yeah. and Ben. It's, it's for 10 sure. o'clock. Our t- no, what, what time is Yo. it? Is it 12 o'clock your time, Pete? It's 12 p.m.? One, it's one seventeen. my time. 1.17 p.m. And this couch. guy is... <laughs> yeah. And happy Easter, by the way. But uh, go ahead. Where can yeah. people find uh, it? Uh, Ralph's Wrist of Watch Love. Damn, hold on. Ralph's Wrist Watch Love <laughs> everywhere. All right. Uh, YouTube, Facebook. MySpace, LinkedIn, MySpace, uh, Instagram. <laughs> nah, nah, I'm just playing. YouTube, uh, Facebook, and YouTube, Facebook, and, uh, and Instagram. Don't that one. All right. AOL, yeah, A-O-L. definitely, A-O-L. definitely. Yahoo Messenger, all kind of shit. What about Fred? You can find me on MSN Messenger, Shalu, so that's the only one. No, Shalu's on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. 
and you can find me on offer up <laughs> no socal watch reviews uh youtube channel instagram that's where i'm most active yellow so yellow oh that's no that's definitely where i'm most active <laughs> on the yellow pages so <laughs> but yeah no that was that was a fun episode thank you guys for uh joining us and and fred p happy Likewise, easter to you guys right. stay happy, safe out there happy. And, yes please yeah please. yeah yeah for sure stay inside and uh stay humble peace